This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Health Yeah, your prescription for clear, concise health, medical, and wellness information. I'm Monica Robbins. Today, we're discussing a topic that affects every single one of us. Yeah, it's number one. I'm talking about urination, pee, wee, tinkle, take a leak, make water, whiz, whatever you want to call it, we all do it. But is it a concern when your pee smells? When should you worry about the color? How much should you be going? And when do you need to see a doctor? Health, yeah, we need answers. So joining me now is Dr. Peter Bayich, a urologist with Cleveland Clinic. And yes, we are talking about number one or P. And uh, every once in a while, everybody does it at least once a day, right, Dr. Bayich? I would hope a little bit more than that, but at least once a day, yes. <laughs> so what are the things people actually should be noticing about when they when they urinate? So I think one of the most important things that people should pay attention to is the color of their urine. Uh, when it comes to scary things that can happen uh, with the urine, the, the main one that we worry about is the appearance of blood in the urine. So I always encourage people to keep a close eye out for that. It's never normal, okay? And it always needs medical attention. But other day-to-day -day things you might wanna pay attention to is how much you're urinating and the color of it, because that can indicate your level of hydration. If you're dehydrated, you may be peeing less quantity of urine and it also may be more concentrated, darker and also with a stronger odor. So let's talk about stinky pee, if you will. Um, what, are the, what are the odors that are usual that you don't have to worry about? I'm, I'm just gonna go out there and say, asparagus anytime you uh you eat that it 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 reminds you every time you go to the bathroom afterwards so what are some of the normal smells that people might find yeah i think first of all i think the bottom line is that there's really no smell that should be overly alarming um but i think it's a it's good for people to know what some of the common things they might notice are one of them that i mentioned is uh, with dehydration, the urine can become more um, concentrated and as a result of that, more pungent in its smell. Uh, some of the other um, things that people might sometimes notice is, like you said, sometimes what they eat or drink could influence the way that the urine smells. Um, asparagus is one that can give the urine a sulfur-like smell. Even drinking too much coffee sometimes can change the way the urine smells. These are not harmful things. It's just something you might notice. Uh, other foods include things like onions, garlic, et cetera. And then when it comes to, um, let's say like urinary tract infections, people might notice uh, more of an ammonia type smell to the urine or just a kind of uh, strong odor in general. Um, that can be a sign that there may be a uh, infection going on. And then another common one that we sometimes hear is uh, a sweet smell to the urine, which can actually be a uh, consequence of diabetes. Either um, if the blood sugars are poorly controlled, meaning they're too high, uh, it, that sugar then goes into the urine and it may influence uh, the way that it smells. Um, the other thing about 
diabetes is that certain medications nowadays can actually increase the amount of sugar in the urine as a way to control the diabetes. So that may also influence things. Speaking of diabetes, what about when you're having frequent urination overnight? Like how often should you pee? Yeah, I mean, for overnight urination, it is kind of age dependent. Most young people don't wake up at night to urinate. But in general, waking up once a night, I would say is pretty common and not anything that an individual should be worried about. The older you get, the more likely you may be waking up more than once. And I think for those folks, they're much more likely to be bothered by that and for it to interfere with their quality restful sleep. So for those individuals, I typically recommend having a conversation with a primary care doctor or a urologist to try to better understand why it's going on, because there are some things that people might not think of. For example, sleep apnea, uh, which is a breathing condition that happens during sleep, is one of the more common causes of nighttime urination. Diabetes is another one that can influence it. So some of the things that people might not immediately think of uh, could be playing a role. Well, I had no idea that apnea could have something to do with waking you up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. That's uh, how common do you think that is? Um, it's hard to say how common it is in the general population, but I will say that I see a lot of um, particularly men who come to the office thinking that they must have a prostate issue going on and that's why they're waking up. Um, and maybe we find that they don't really have an enlarged prostate. And then on further questioning, they may report snoring, waking up, feeling tired uh, and things like that. And we get a sleep study, find that they have sleep apnea. And then once it's treated, they find that, well, all of a sudden I can sleep through the night. So I think it's, it's, it's under-recognized. Um, and the reason that happens is because um, with sleep apnea, it interferes with normal breathing and um, your oxygen levels, and it actually puts strain on your heart, which causes it to release a chemical that is a diuretic, and it makes you produce more urine. So that's that's where that relationship comes from. Wow, did not know that. Um, you mentioned prostate, and uh, a lot of men um, deal with that. So is there a smell to prostate infections, or is there a such thing as prostate infection? So most men that deal with prostate issues, it's actually benign prostate enlargement or basically age-related growth of the prostate that interferes with the way that they urinate. That doesn't lead to any change in the appearance or smell in the urine. Another condition that some men deal with is prostate cancer, which similarly does not influence the appearance or smell of the urine. Prostate infections are pretty rare, um, and they're kind of a type of urinary tract infection that's a little bit more... Uh, difficult to clear. Um, certainly any kind of urinary infection, including prostate infections, could influence the appearance and also the smell of the urine. But in general, I wouldn't recommend that people immediately think prostate infection if they notice a change in that. Uh, what about for women? Does menopause change the smell? Yeah, there's some suggestion that some of the uh, changes related to menopause may um, have some effects on the um, smell of the urine, but I wouldn't say it's a strong link. Um, I, I, you know, there are changes that happen with menopause related to the pH or the level of, you know, acidity or alkalinity in the vagina and also in the urethra, um, and that may have certain effects on the urine. Uh, but in general, we don't uh, consider that to be a major influence on the on the urine.
could predispose to a higher risk of urinary tract infections. So it's important for women who have been through menopause to know um, that they are at risk of that. Um, and you know, there are many other changes that can happen as a result of menopause that can interfere with their genitourinary health. What about liver disease? So liver disease sometimes, uh, or even gallbladder disease, can lead to an elevated uh, level of bilirubin in the bloodstream. You may have heard of people becoming jaundiced, which is you know a yellowish appearance to their skin. With buildup of um, this type of substance in the bloodstream, it can increase it in the urine as well, and that can uh, change the color of the urine. So that people with liver disease can sometimes notice changes in the appearance of the urine. All of these things can be detected by having a simple urine test that can be performed by any primary care doctor or lab. One of the things people notice probably more so kidney stones if it's difficult to urinate, but does that come with a smell as well? So kidney stones probably most commonly cause pain either in the kidneys or in the groin. Um, they usually don't interfere with the amount of urine that's coming out, but they can cause blood in the urine. So that's why I want to even further emphasize that any blood in the urine should not be ignored. It's, and that could be either blood that you see or blood that your doctor tells you was present on the urine test. That always needs further evaluation um, by a urologist. So kidney stones is one possible cause, you know, there are also cancers that can happen in the urinary tract, kidney cancer, bladder cancer, and things like that. So we always want to make sure we're not missing something. All right, let's talk about the really foul-smelling pee. Are there conditions that actually cause it to smell worse than asparagus could? So there are a number of very rare um, metabolic conditions that basically what that means is you're born with uh, some... Um, reason why a certain chemical that's not supposed to be in the urine may appear there and uh, that can impact the way that the urine smells. Now, these are conditions that are rare enough that I've never seen them in, in you know, besides from in a textbook, uh, you know, I've never seen them in my own practice. Um, but there are some conditions that can give urine a very uh, fishy odor. There are some conditions um, in children that can influence um the appearance and smell of the urine. But like I said, in general, those are exceedingly rare and I wouldn't jump to worrying about those for somebody that notices a change. It's probably more so diet related or related to your level of hydration. Is there any time that you mentioned, obviously blood in the urine is, is something you need medical attention for immediately, but is there any, ever a time when, when a smell to your urine is alarming and you should call your doctor? I would say that this is an important uh, thing to think about when we think about urinary tract infections. So having a, a foul smell to the urine in addition to other urinary symptoms should, should be raising some red flags. Usually just the smell by itself is not enough to say, hey, this is a UTI. Usually urinary tract infections are also associated with either uh, burning with urination, having to pee more frequently, or more urgently, some people even notice some urinary incontinence. All of those things may point towards a UTI, and not every UTI has foul-smelling urine, but, but many do. And it's also not uncommon to see some blood in the urine with a UTI. 
Now, I mentioned that a blood in the urine should always prompt a urologist visit. If there's an infection, it would be reasonable to, you know, let's say you saw your primary care doctor, they tested your urine, put you on some antibiotics. You'd then want to repeat that urine test later on to make sure the blood went away. If it didn't go away, that definitely needs some further evaluation to make sure there's no kidney stone or tumor or polyp. Why does asparagus smell so odd when you pee? And what about those people who don't get that smell? Is that a concern? Uh, definitely not a concern. Um, the way that that works is that asparagus leads to an increase in essentially sulfur in the urine, and that's what gives it that uh, familiar smell. Uh, whether or not you notice it, it's nothing you should be alarmed about. If it bothers you, drink plenty of water to dilute your urine and make it less noticeable. And should your goal every day be to pee clear at least once a day? Yeah, at least, you know, like a light yellow. Um, I would say that drinking eight tall glasses of water a day is a great goal. Um, you don't need to be drinking, you know, a gallon of water or anything like that, unless you've been directed to by a doctor. And some people may have some other medical conditions that may mean that they have to limit how much fluid they take in. Uh, but that's a general good goal. And I would remind people also that certain vitamins that they might take, particularly B vitamins, can make the urine look very dark, uh, very yellow, or sometimes even fluorescent. Um, so if you're taking those, you may not be able to use the color or appearance of your urine as a measure of how hydrated you are, because sometimes no matter how much water you drink, it may still be pretty colored. If you're seeing your urine um, a neon color, though, isn't that you just wasting money on your vitamins because you're peeing them out? I would say, yeah, that... Um, in the United States, we have the most expensive urine because most of the supplements and things that people take end up just getting passed into the urine. Uh, but just a standard multivitamin, I think, for, for most folks is good to make sure, particularly if you have uh, a diet where you're not you know, having certain food groups, it's always good to, to have a multivitamin. Um, but yeah, the, the excessive um, vitamin intake sometimes can, can really make the urine full of all sorts of stuff. Are there any risks to people who like hold it as long as they possibly can? Yeah, I mean, so people who have long standing what we call dysfunctional urination or dysfunctional voiding habits, sometimes that can impact um, their urinary health. Uh, so in general, I, I typically recommend folks not to wait too long. I mean, every three to four hours, roughly, depending on how much fluid you're drinking, you should probably um, you know, if you're not getting any urge whatsoever, maybe you don't have to go that often, but what, what we don't want is for people to be suppressing those urges for hours and hours and hours chronically over many, many years is, is not, not great for the bladder health. Can that lead to incontinence? There are some scenarios where long-term uh, voiding dysfunction or dysfunctional voiding can uh, lead to urinary continence issues, uh, but in general, folks that are busy with work and maybe don't have the opportunities to go um, urinate as often as they would want to shouldn't fear that they're for sure going to end up incontinent. Uh, but it's just in general good not to always ignore those signals when your bladder is telling you, hey, you better go soon. Um, what we don't want is you know, for it to be pushed to the absolute last moment and then maybe leak on the way to the bathroom. That, that's something that we should try to avoid.
This is great information. Any final thoughts you want people to know about the number one issue in their life? Well, what I would say is, you know, don't be afraid to talk about your urinary health. Um, this is something that everybody has to think about at some point in their life. It's something that your doctors, your urologists are all uh, very comfortable with discussing. There should be no shame or anything like that associated with it. So if you have any concerns, just just bring them to your doctor's attention, get evaluated and, you know, um, allay some of those fears and anxieties that you might be carrying about what's going on with, with this aspect of your life. Doctor, thank you so much for the great information. Appreciate it. Have a healthy day. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Subscribe and find video podcasts on my YouTube channel, Monica Robbins. Until next time, have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.